0: Uh, so my name is Ibeck Pianidossi. I've been around dogs for like 45 years. That's scary to say.
1: Yeah.
0: I started out with German Shepherds and Belgian Malinois um, and then played around in Chitzen and ring sport and had some Dutch Shepherds and both And I think every breed out there I've been involved in and I've played in all the different sports. I took some time off when I had kids. And then as I came back into the field a couple of years ago, I had my shepherds, but I noticed that they were way too big for me to handle at this point. So I started looking for a smaller dog that was similar to a Malibar, but one that I could easily catch and handle as I got older. And that's what led me down the path to look into the woodies uh, You know, a lot of people argue with you about of this stuff, but I find that Malinois are very quick learners, um, that they retain the information and they don't like repetition and you see that with the Moody's. You can do a lot of herding with the Moody's, especially if you go to the right lines and you can get that out of the German Shepherds and also the Malinois. I know some people have done bite work with the Moody's. I would not advocate for that at this point because Right now, the Moody Lions are not so well-defined that you can get dogs that are really high, high drive, but have reactivity or have no drive and are just great pets. Mm-hmm. So I, I think from talking to people in Hungary and Italy, they use the Moody's to help with their herding and also as guardian and watch dogs for them. And they compare them sometimes to their Border Collies. I know they've even had accidental Moody Border Collie mixes over those other countries. And they found those to be a little more stable. So right now what I'm seeing over the last six years is we've been importing a lot more dogs and we're getting bloodlines that are more stable and getting more consistency in our puppies. So you can take most Moody's out and play Frisbee Flyball, um, go out and do fast cat, then go do dock diving, then do agility, then do confirmation and obedience, and they can do all of that in the same day, and they're very comfortable doing all of that. You know, the problem with the Moody is, unlike the Malinois, they look like they're fully mature when they're young, but they take two to three years to really grow up. Mm-hmm. and to show who the personality is and because they look full so grown like when they're female six seven months old people tend to push them right. and if you push them then you're going to get a lot of that reactivity and that sharpness mm-hmm. so they come out of Hungary um, I think I can find the year uh, I think it was like 1857 or something that mm-hmm. a guy had Decided to make it an official breed, but they were a, a mix of the Pumis, Pulis, and some Spitz types dogs.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They were used for herding, so they worked with the family on the shepherd. So they weren't a dog that was very um, oriented to other people, it was just ma- mainly family. They were the farm dog. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll even do routing for you. And from there, They've they really defined like, the shape of the dog, the color, and what they should be, function for. Now, open hungry, they do a lot more herding with them, whereas in the United States, you're not going to find many people that do herding. There are some, but you want to find dogs that can take that herding ability and now use it into sport work. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, you can still get some Moody's that have like Pumi coats and puli coats in them. So they're recognized by the AKC. As long as you, you have a three generation, they get full papers. If you have a two generation or one generation, they get FSS. They're recognized by the UKC and you can have a one generation UKC pedigree and they still get full papers and they come over from Hungary with FCI papers. Mm -hmm. They were also recognized in Canada with the Canadian Cattle Club. Mm -hmm. So just this year they became, I guess, regular dogs herding breed in the AKC and they went out of SDS. So when that happened, they would only take three generation pedigrees to be shown. The other ones can have papers, but they can't be shown in confirmation. Whereas the UKC still allows you to bring in one and two generation and show in all their venues and confirmation. I was going to say I advocate for people to bring in one and two generation pedigrees because it gives you a more open pedigree. What happens when you only bring in three generation pedigrees is we're all looking at the same lines. You can have a first generation where the parents are no, But the grandparents are not, or the great grandparents. Mm -hmm. So over in Hungary, they will look at the dogs, they'll test them, and then they will evaluate them and determine whether or not they meet their qualifications to be a Moody. If they do, they will pay for them, even if they don't know the pedigree behind that dog. Mm -hmm. So let's say it looks like the Moody, has a coat like the Moody, it hers like the Moody. You know, they will say, okay, he. He's the first generation and we will give him papers. So now he could be used in the genetic pool. Well, there's big differences. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Uh, Yeah, so right now in both the UKC and the AKC, they're working on fixing the standards. we found a lot of inconsistencies, Mm -hmm. like with the shoulder, how many degrees the movement is, or even the shape of head, like we were told it's four, four to five ratio but when we've been measuring Moody's, it's not that same ratio or the tail length or the height of the dog. So I know both kennel clubs are working on changing the standards to make it a more uniform standard for the Moody's. Like right now we have that the height for our females is like 14 and a half to at the max 18. Mm-hmm. and I think it's different in the AKC and different in the FCI yeah it's like i said i know both i'm working on it with the ukc and i know the akc club has a committee that's working on it because we're trying to standardize it so that the judge that sees you in the akc will also recognize the same dog in the ukc it won't be such a difference in standard Mm -hmm. so i so one of the interesting things is that when they made the breed they originally said the only colors they wanted was the black and a black merle. And a couple of years ago, even though they've had red merles in the breed, they weren't recognized until a couple of years ago. And now you see a lot of red merles and solid reds in the breed. The other thing that you'll see that people don't talk about is you'll get black and tans and sables. Even though they're born from purebred Moody's because of their colors, they don't give them full papers. It's kind of like in the United States with the Malinois litters, if they have a Travern,
1: mm-hmm.
0: they're still marked as a Malinois even though they're a Travern. Right,
1: right.
0: <laughs> right. So that was one of the things that we were discussing at the UKC club is that those colors should be recognized. They shouldn't be put into confirmation, but they are all part of the breed. Mm-hmm. You know, if they come from parents that are Moody's, you know, this is a natural occurring color. It shouldn't be cold Mm -hmm. just because of the color. So as long as the person who wants to deal with the working breed realizes that the dog needs time to mature, Mm -hmm. you know, the other problem with the Moody's that people don't talk about it's just like all the hurting breeds. So you have hip dysplasia, elbow dysplasia. A lot of issues with patellas, eye problems, seizures, you know, and if you keep your lines very limited and not bring in other pedigrees, we're just going to start compounding all those problems.
1: Is the stud book open or is it?
0: It's still open right now.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I understand it'll be open, I think, for five years with the AKC. And then it gets closed. Now, I'm not with the AKC group, so I'd have to verify that for you, but I know it's open right now. I deal mainly with the UKC. And the other thing people forget is these really are still dogs. There is no guarantee that a dog is going to be perfect. You can do everything in your power, but it really has to do with how the cards genetically lined up in that puppy and just how they do with you in training. And in the United States, we're a very disposable society. If the dog doesn't meet our expectation as a sport dog or as a show dog, it's out the door.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And and that's, you know, I'd rather sell to a pet home any day because I want the dog for the dog, not what the dog can do for them. Or just train through it. I mm-hmm. mean, I have more people come to me for training that have pets that are willing to work through problems. Mm-hmm. And I've had people that have given me back dogs. Because I'll take all my dogs back, you know, at eight months and say, oh, dog just isn't what I want. It's not going to be a high-level sport dog. You know, it's eight months old. It has no idea what it's going to be right now, but let's work through the problems at hand so in my program i want a dog that's a little longer than tall so more rectangle right because mm-hmm. i think that it gives the dog more ability when they're doing agility or playing frisbee if they're not totally square mm-hmm. but first and foremost they have to have the correct temperament mm-hmm. i have a grandson of special needs so every dog that comes in my house has to be able to put up with special needs children so all my Moody's have a temperament in which they can see these children and they're fine with them. And they're actually over the top with saying hello to everybody. So that's kind of not what the standard says, but that's what I want. So I want a dog that's overly friendly. Uh, I want a dog that shows me herding instinct at six, seven, and eight weeks when I test them. Because I may never do herding at this point in my life. But that's gonna transfer into easier training. It's just the ones that have herding skills, it's a lot easier to use food and balls to motivate them. Mm -hmm. Um, I look for puppies that have soundness where they can play on rubber boards and not noise sensitivity. So I told you I live by the base. So we have helicopters overhead, gunfire. The Marines are always here shooting off artillery so they hear noise from when they're really young. So it's a good way to start seeing who has noise sensitivity. You know, I I use pen hip. So with pen hip, I want my females to have less than .35 on a rating, mm-hmm. and my males have less than .4. And then every two years, I drop the numbers down by .2. Because I think as long as they have good hips and patellas. That's going to make for a dog that's going to have a healthier life, no matter what sports you deal with them. My females are usually between 15 and 16 at the shoulder, and they weigh between 18 and 23 pounds. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I can pick them up with one arm. That's ideal for me. That's what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. But yet, I mean, my female jumps 21 feet, you know. So they still can play all the games and do well with them. But they're compact and easy enough for me to carry around. If they, if they get injured, I can pick them up and carry them. I can't do that with a Malinois or a German Shepherd anymore.
1: <laughs>
0: no. You know, and my males, they're anywhere from 16 at the shoulder up to the tallest I would want is 19. And that's really the tallest I would ever look at and weight between 25 and 30 pounds. I want a little thicker bone, because then they tend not to have as many patella issues than the thin bone dogs. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as the hair, I, it can have some curl, it can have a lot of curls, it can be wavy, as long as it's the moody coat, which is kind of wash and wear, that's what I want with my Embark testing now in Wisdom Panel, I try to get dogs that have the low shedding and use those in my program. The other thing is I'll never breed a dog that carries ash, and that's dilute. And I just find that dilutes have too many problems that I want to deal with. There are some dilutes that are fine, but there's many dilutes that have the, it's called CDA, like the alopecia. So it's a lot easier before I put any dog into my breeding program, they're tested to see if they carry the dilute gene. And currently, I I only have three dogs here, but I co many other dogs, and none of them carry dilute. And
1: what what are some of the, uh, for future owners, what are some of the um, health related issues that uh, one should be watch out for before they purchase their puppy
0: so I always tell people come down and meet the dogs no matter who you're going to be buying a puppy from mm-hmm. and if you can't meet the dogs then have them do FaceTime with you so you can see the dogs in different situations because you can read a lot you know in body language of a dog make sure that they're stable in new environments and with their family members then go have him give you videotapes. Don't, don't look at the buzzwords, okay? Everybody uses buzzwords now. Early neural stimulation, all that kind of stuff, that just kind of ups the price of a puppy. Mm-hmm. You want a breeder that's going to sit there and let you come into the house when it's dirty to look at the puppies and play with them. Mm-hmm. Give you weekly videotapes showing how the puppies really act without turning the tapes show the you, you know, not every puppy's perfect, but you need to see that. And I think most people that have bought puppies from me, they've gone down and they've met me at shows and they've come over and met our dogs. And that's how we get people buying puppies because I really don't advertise. It's word of mouth. right? You know, and we can take Champs or Amp, any place you want to go and they're comfortable being handed off to anybody and playing ball with them, or playing frisbee with them. It doesn't mean that they don't sometimes scoop when they hear something, but that's a hurting breed. As long as they recover right away and still want to play, I'm okay with that. You know, as far as your health problems, make sure they either have a pet hip or an OFA. I know for OFA, they want you to have a chick number, which is like eyes, elbows, patellas, hips, you know i see more issues with patellas than i do with elbows mm-hmm. um a lot of the stuff that there's issues with it's not spoken about we have a list that we put up on our website and i put it up on my website of every dog that's known to have seizures in his line because it's there it's not going to go away you're never going to be able to read away from it, but you need to know it's there. It's kind of like what you have in border colors, right? Mm-hmm. If you know it's there, then you can try to do the best by putting together a pairing, but you should also know that it can happen. Right. The other thing is parents should have their eyes checked before they're bred because they do have eye problems. You know, I, I know they advocate for every year, but it's... Depending upon your location to get every year, but they should have it done before they have a litter of puppies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some people are advocating to do the spines. I haven't seen an issue with that yet, but that may be something down in the future we look at. We're currently trying to put together a database where people can put in all the information so it's available. The problem is not everybody wants to give up information. You know, so people will tell you, I will tell you all the bad things about my dogs before I tell you the good things. Mm -hmm. Because I'm not, these are my dogs, okay? They're a living being. Things happen, and not everybody's perfect. I'm not perfect. How can I expect my dog to be perfect? You know, but if you go in, knowing what the dog has and what problems there are, then it's just going to make you a better owner down the road. Now, we also offer free training. I tell people before they get the puppies they can stay here. and we work with them. And then we have a private group in which I post weekly videos on different training and try to address people's problems. Well, you just want the dogs to fit in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and issues come up. I mean, I have a puppy I kept out of my litter, but they all just went home last week. This puppy is a nice puppy, except for one thing. She freaks out in a crate, and she's been going in crates since she's three weeks old. Right. You know, so we're doing a whole series on the online about crate games and how to work through this issue, because if I'm having the issue, I'm sure somebody else is going to have the issue. Right. You know, it doesn't mean I'm going to get rid of the dog. It just means we have to work through this issue. So I love how focused they are with their family. Like when the moody picks you and you're its person, there's a bond that's not broken. Like I had a dog and it went to a new owner after being with me for four years. And every time that dog sees me, it's wild about me. And it will never forget. But there's a bond that's formed that it makes them so special with their training because you don't have to use a lot of words. A lot of it is just eye contact. Um, I love that they're kind of wash and wear and portable. I can pick my dog up and take her any place. Yeah. Now, I know people say that they bark. They don't bark any more than any other dog. Right. We've had people over here and we have people... When we had the show, we had 27 movies together. They were fine. <laughs> you know, that's a training issue. Your dog should bark to alert you that there's people there. They should let me know that somebody's coming down my driveway. I understand they can bark when they're ready to play frisbee or dog diving. But hanging out in the house, I got three dogs right by my feet here. There's no reason why they should be barking and acting like fools. <laughs> You know, I just think they're very smart dogs. They're, I feel as smart as a Border Collie and how quickly they learn. So a Border Collie is going to work to work. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to be its owner. If you have sheep out there or if you're playing frisbee, it's going to work because that's its job. Whereas a Moody is going to work for you. Mm -hmm. So if I take Chance out and I do dock diving she's gonna give me 110 percent but if you take trams out and do dock diving she's gonna jump for you but it's just gonna be like eh, I'm just jumping they work for you and that's the difference with them and a the border collie mm-hmm. you know I can take any border collie that's a farm dog and I can work it because it knows its job. you're not gonna get the same with the moody the moody knows its person um, so I've had no issue with them, and neither has my friends. Because, like I said, we pull dogs from the shelter. You know, we're up to six dogs we've had this year so far. So they're fine with other dogs coming into the household. The one thing I've noticed with the Moody's is when the Moody's get together, they play different. Like, they seem to know their style of play, where they will run and chase and bite each other's back legs and that other dogs aren't familiar with. So I always tell people if you're going to get one Moody, eventually you're going to get a second because they do so much better in twos.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it's kind of like a potato chip. You just can't have one.
1: <laughs> All right, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: And what yeah. sports do you compete with your Moody?
0: Um, so we do the dock diving and we're just starting again fly ball and frisbee and raleigh and confirmation so i'm just getting back into where i'm going to be able to start doing more because i get to retire next year oh there you
1: go yeah good for you
0: yeah so it's hard because i work weekend option
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah so when you work weekend option all your shows are on the weekend i know yeah so i get to do a lot of training and playing but i don't get to go to a lot of events i get my two events a year right now I get my, you know, holidays, and that's it. Right? Don't think you're gonna get a, a Moody or a Border Collie that's going to be the whippet. There's just nobody that can beat that spring or that that stride they have. Mm-hmm. Which is why you see a lot of those sport mixes that do have whippet in you know. them. But if you like, chances in the um, the class for sixteen and under
1: uh-huh.
0: for the shoulder. So she's jumping at the elite level we had the first movie to jump in the elite level so she hits 21 feet that's pretty damn good for me with a little dog right Um, i know my friend's dog uh, he's hitting i think 24 feet you know right now for the fast cat we have a dog i think racket still holds the record at like 29 miles per hour so you have the ability to do really well in the sports, but for the jumping on the dock, I think you still need the whippet in there. <laughs> right. you, you're just not gonna. You're just not gonna outbeat them. Just physically, you can't. If you look at the whippet's body structure, they have a much longer back, mm-hmm. and with that stride that they have, they push off power. And when they jump, you just you're just not going to meet it. Now, a bigger dog like the Malinois, they'll get very close to them. I mean, I've seen Malinois jump 28 and 29 feet. Right. You know, but then you're looking at a 50-pound female, 70-pound male, and when I have an 18-pound female, I'm quite comfortable with my 18-pound female jumping 21 feet. Yeah, for
1: sure.
0: You know, I mean, I know one of the mixes we had the first time he went on the dock, he's jumping 23 feet. Wow. So, you know, the Moody itself, I don't think they'll ever make the same jumps as a whippet does. No. But if you put them in Frisbee, they're going to do much better than the whippets because they're so oriented to the handlers, they come right back.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Whereas your whippets are going go and keep going. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, especially if they see a rabbit, they're gone. <laughs> right. So, you know, when you play, um, frisbee or agility or fly ball, because that's always coming back to the handler, mm-hmm. they excel in those sports. And I think they're competing right up there with the border collies. I think what people are looking for now is what that are a little shorter at the shoulder, mm-hmm. you know, between the 15 and 16. So they go in the class below the border, Kelly, I'm betting in the next couple of years, that's where you're going to see your movies is in agility and any kind of sport. That's really very active and hand run focused. Mm -hmm. You know, they have a sport um, called pullers. Have you seen that? What is it? Pullers P-U-L-L-E-R-S. No okay it's it was made with the moody in mind i'll send you information about it okay. so we're trying to get that in the united states and i think you're going to see more dogs doing that sport because not only is it it's like this round circular kind of looks like a frisbee but it's hollow so mm-hmm. a donut but it's a foam so it doesn't hurt the dog's mouth mm-hmm. um, so you can do it with puppies and geriatric dogs without hurting them okay And the dog comes up to you and you throw it to the left and it has to be thrown at least uh, 30 feet. Mm -hmm. And then they have to bring it back to you, drop it, and they have to go then to the right side. And each time they catch it and bring it back, it's points. Or they do it where they jump up in the air on either side of you Mm -hmm. and tug on it. But they're going to also include agility in it now and some other parts of the other sport world. So I think that's a new and upcoming sport and the Moody's tend to excel in that. Oh yes. So they do really well with board hunt. Um, especially because if you have a Moody in your yard and you have bowls, you're gonna have lots of holes in your yard because they dig out the bowls and bring them to you. <laughs> um, yeah, we have sand piles just to fill in the holes for my Moody's. So they do very well with that. I've seen some excel in the scent work. The problem with the scent work is the dog has to be very oriented to that and want to do it for themselves.
1: Right.
0: Because the payback is not like what you get with the rats or the frisbee, right? So you're finding a scent, but when you're doing it in the AKC or UKC, you just kind of pet the dog and say, yeah, good dog, and you walk off. With Frisbee or anything else, you're tugging with the dog and they're getting a very active reward. Mm-hmm. Even with the bond hunt, they can scratch at the rat's little tube there. That's a reward that they're actually getting mm-hmm. actively. Whereas with scent work, they have to sit nicely and <laughs> indicate that the box has a scent in it. Right. right. So it's not that they don't do it. A lot of dogs that are in rehab do it. So I know there is a dog that is out there doing bite work. Personally, I think that in the lines that I've seen, the reactivity, that once you give a dog permission to bite, if you don't know how to teach the dog that the permission is only what you say, it's okay to bite, the reactivity, they're lightning fast. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's because I've got it older now. Because I used to like it when I was younger, mm-hmm. ring sport and stuff like that. And at this point, probably because I work in the Eon, so up so many faces, I've gone away from that. Right. So I think a lot of your or my experiences have to do with also what I see at work, right? right? Yeah, yeah, for
1: sure.
0: <laughs> you know, so I mean, I used to do ring sport and that was phenomenal. You know, I love bite work. But back then I also didn't think, Well, what happens if this dog snatches a kid or something by accident? Right. You know, now I see dogs that get snatched by accident and you're missing half a face. So I a lot of that is influenced and in a lot of the sports that I do. There's none of that type of bite work anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I know there is one dog that does shit so or whatever they call it now it's not Shitson anymore
1: yeah yeah whatever they
0: call it right so Rocket was probably our first dog we ever brought in and he's owned now by ellie and he's doing frisbee and he's been invited into the world so that's pretty cool because she's only had him for like a year oh. you know as far as the sports mix my female that i get a litter from she lives with Tammy up in michigan And they do a lot of freestyle. So I currently have a sports mix from Living Wild that, funny enough, has got Whippet in it. Okay. (laughs) Um, It's got Whippet, Border Collie, and some Staffy in it. Again, because I know the Whippet's going to make her jump further. I mean, at four months, she's jumping 16 feet. Uh, That's phenomenal. It is, but I'll tell you the difference between the sport mix and like the moody is, the moody is gonna hang by my side. She's gonna jump to 16 feet and then she's gonna swim in the water and then she's gonna go chase that butterfly and she's gonna <laughs> So it's a different training altogether. But if you wanna play, you know, with the games and get the higher awards, I think the sport mix is on the way to go with the whippets anyway. You know, the whippets take out a lot of reactivity because right, you don't find whippets that fight with each other they're kind of like beagles they can all hang out mm-hmm. so you don't have that dog reactivity or that dog aggression you know putting in the herding breed into that would give you a dog that now has the ability to run that's very quick but hopefully the herding line is the one that's going to teach you to think right. and to work with the handler One of the best things about the Malinois and Shepherds and Border Collars is that they want to do what you ask them to do. They want to work. Mm -hmm. You know, whippets or sighthounds, hounds, they want to chase. Doesn't really mean they want to do it for you. They just want to chase. Right. You know. So I, I think, like I said, I think sport mixes are great. For me, I would prefer one that's less than 15 at the shoulder. I don't know that I'll ever get that. It's just not possible with the stuff that I'm seeing right now. Mm-hmm. So the moody is just the way for me to go. My females, they're fine. They all can do everything I can do. And in case they get hurt, I can pick them up.
1: Right. Now I see a uh, a bull terrier on your, on your Facebook. What's that about? <laughs> yeah, she
0: was a gift. <laughs> So the girl that I got a chance from, my moody, mm-hmm. um, she had a litter, and I was telling her how my, saying how pretty they were that I wanted the dog. So, so she came over with the moodies, and she's still here. She is a fun dog, but they're dumb. <laughs> so, she will play ball, and she will chase the hose, and she thinks she may be a moody. But if a dog corrects her, if you tell her no, she forgets it two seconds later. It's like they got air between their ears. (laughs) But she loves everybody. (laughs) And the thing is, that dog is 30 pounds and she's a mini. And when she jumps up on your lap, when you're sitting down, you go across the floor because of what a solid mass she is. And she will go there on the slot mill flat mill, we have, mm-hmm. and just run. Just run, and just run. So it's a very different training for her altogether. Uh, I'm lucky that she thinks she's a Moody because she does what they do. She swims and she jumps off the dock. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. The first time she did it, she knocked one of the Moody's under the water. We thought she caused it to have her <laughs> get unconscious. <laughs> it was like, because she so much weight once she jumps on him. Mm-hmm. But she has to jump and paddle so quickly to keep her body weight up <laughs> yeah. that she doesn't see anything. She's just jumping and she's going to keep going since so she doesn't drown. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know?
0: But she, you know, I think I have videos up there of her chasing the hose. And she jumps as high as the Moody's do to chase that hose. So she really does think she's a Moody. She tries to keep up with them. She plays ball. Um, the only problem is that she played three times and she's tired. Yeah, yeah. You know the Moody's will run until until they die. They won't they won't stop if you keep asking them to play. They'll keep doing it. So um, you have to watch with that because they don't have a lot of self preservation. They, yeah. I mean. She comes up and she bugs all my other dogs. Yeah. Not yeah. like me. She's just being submissive to them and licking them in the face. Yeah. And my mm-hmm. other dogs are like, get away from me now. And she doesn't know enough is enough. Yeah. You know, she, like I said, I'll be sitting by the computer and she jumps up on your lap. And you're like, holy shit, dog, you almost killed me.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, and she'll be like, but like, why? Well, when they hit you with the head, their head is like a brick. Yeah. No, but she, she, she's good in that, like, I've taught her everything she picks up in the house, she brings it to me.
1: hmm
0: And I exchange it for food, because the grandkids tend to leave stuff all around. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> and bulldogs tend to eat anything and everything. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so, for me like you know, I don't think more than five dogs I can give attention to in training. Mm-hmm. So I pick somebody that has a similar philosophy in training, and I'll co-own a female with them. And I usually say, "Look, this is your dog. You just split the health testing with me. As long as all the health testing gets, you know, passed to what I'm looking for, then we'll have one letter. I get back the first letter, and the dog belongs to you." Mm-hmm. You know, and the same with the male. Here's a male. You can have the males because I don't want any males at my house. <laughs> I just don't want to have any accidents. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you can have the male I, when I need him for breeding. That's fine. And if you want to do some sort of breeding, as long as we agree on it, that's good. If you don't do that, then you're going to limit your pool of dogs, right? So I brought in, I think, 13 dogs last year and I space them out with friends. This way they're all doing activities with their dogs. I get to see how the training goes with them, what problems they're having, because we all train differently. But then I can also use the genetics to improve the breed. Mm -hmm. So I think co-owning is really important with a breed that has a limited genetic pool so that you can make I have more bloodlines available. And then I tend to buy one and two generation pedigrees. Because, like I said, I just think it gives me more options later on when I'm breeding. Because mm-hmm. I really want to keep my COI less than 6%. And there are some dogs out there right now that have COIs at 26%. And that's just a recipe for disaster.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I won't have a litter unless I had six people on a wait list. That's okay. okay. <laughs> just, I, and I want to make sure it's people that have the same philosophy to me. Mm-hmm. If they don't, then I refer them to somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, and, I, and like I said, I'd rather sell to a pet person than a competition home.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, yes, I think that was the worst thing they could have done. Yeah. But it, it happens with every breed every time they recognize one. I know at least with the border collies, they still have an open stud book. But if you look at an AKC border collie, and you look at a border collie as a working line border collie, where the AS border collie association group, that that paperwork, Uh very different they look, very different. Mm -hmm. If you look at an AKC German Shepherd, and you look at a East German German Shepherd, very different. Mm -hmm or a working Malinois compared to a show Malinois. Very different. So yes, the breed clubs have a big responsibility, but it's the judges that make all the difference. And unless the breed clubs go up behind them and say, no, that dog really doesn't represent our breed, that dog shouldn't be a champion.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But people aren't willing to do that. That's the problem, Mm -hmm. because now you're taking money off somebody's plate. Do you know that when they became recognized in January, somebody went to a show with 17 dogs, just so their dog could get all the points to be the number one dog. How crazy is that? So what happens is the dogs then become a way to live and earn, and I always tell people when when they call me about puppies, My dogs are my dogs. I earn my paychecks from working, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's why you can come out anytime during the week because I'm home. I work on weekends. And yeah, you're not gonna find me at a lot of shows because I have a job. They don't like me saying it, but it's the truth. I don't live off my dogs. You know, it's really sad that last week when we went to the show, I put together like nine people because somebody needed some points. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So we went to the show and this judge came up to talk to us and she's like, can I touch your dogs? I'm like, well, God, yes. Because if you can't touch my dogs, then there's something wrong. I said, you should never have a dog that you can touch. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things we put in our standard is any shy, fearful, aggressive dogs are disqualified. But yet I see in shows where they just say, oh, it's a herding breed oh, that's part of its nature. It's not part of its nature. If I'm out herding my sheep and somebody comes up to the farm, they should alert, but they should not be biting that person. I mean, how many farmers would accept that? How many farmers would accept dogs attack other dogs? Sometimes I don't think people think, you know, if you have a true working dog, that these behaviors that are accepted would not work on a working farm because these dogs have to do something. It doesn't mean that they have to be working 24 seven, but even when I work, you know, on the weekends, I will go out and play a frisbee with my dog and run them before I go to sleep. And yeah. then they'll lay down with me, but they have to have a way to get rid of the energy because they are active dogs. They are herding dogs. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and people understand that. and They think that you're gonna take a puppy and, you're just going to leave that puppy in a crate, and therefore, you know, it's going to know what to do, and it's going to be a great dog. Or we've seen the other way: they take the dogs, and all they do is shows with them. So the dog knows how to behave at the show ring, but it doesn't know how to live.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that to me is not the right thing either. It has to be a balance. So for me, if a mom doesn't have the ability to breed naturally, and well, naturally, it's taken out of my breeding program. Uh-huh. I just whelped a dog named Lily that belonged to Denise Graves. So it lived in Texas, but it came here to whelp with me. And she was fantastic with her puppies and with all my family members going in to see her puppies. Mm-hmm. So I have not heard of any booties that aren't good whelping. I've heard of some that don't want to get bred, but that's in all breeds. But yeah, they're good moms and they seem to do really well raising up. I see a lot of, I guess, more feral type behaviors. Like a lot of them do vomit up food for their puppies. And they do have other pack members help. So like Lily let Chance go in and take care of the puppies and the bull terrier, you know. um, So it's kind of like they share the wealth. Whereas when I whelped German Shepherds, these were mine. Those are only mine and nobody else should come over and see them right. <laughs> as far as other dogs. So that I find different with them. I also find whelping the puppies, they're more feral in nature. So they have less less problems with them whelping. And they can, by two weeks, two and a half at the latest, already on raw food. Okay. You know, so they just seem to mature a lot sooner. Um, they also fight a lot sooner. So I don't know, like with your bully breeds, where they'd be scrapping by the time they're seven weeks old and you want to get them out until almost time they're eight weeks. These guys, we're separating them because they will pick somebody who's the weaker link. I mean, I just think it's more more of the feral nature, like, you know, I, each one of them will go outside and dig dens outside and they would be very comfortable delivering outside as opposed to where I want them to deliver.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I find them to be good, good moms and they're hardy, it's a hardy breed. Yeah, I mean, you look at the, the Spitz dogs, right, Spitz dogs are, are dogs that work. Um, They'll work for anybody, but they they have a working drive. And then you look at the pulleys and pulleys, and they're dogs that want to work for the landlords. but they're also dogs that are outside. So they can go in the snow, and they can go in the heat, and they can go in all weather, and they're very comfortable. So, you know, they're very functional in that. I can take them up to New York and play in the snow, and I can come down to Florida, and they can play in the heat, and they do well in all of it.
1: And what is your philosophy behind the diet that you feed your dogs?
0: The raw diet? I, jeez. Uh, so I originally started with dog food and then we were having more problems with the Malinois with allergies and seizures.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So we went to a, a raw diet and so let me back that up. We also had problems with parvo. It was like super prevalent in Long Island. Oh, really? And you can almost guarantee that no matter what you did, the litters were going to get it. (laughs) So we went to a raw diet after talking to a lot of people and doing a more holistic type approach with vitamin C and the kelp and just building their moms up before they had their puppies to see if that helped. And I saw a big improvement with the allergies. So I think the Moody's do fine with dry food, but especially the dogs that have any of that CDA or allergies with them. And that allergies is a problem with them. They do much better with the raw food. Mm-hmm. So we do, um, we will make our own if I have time during the week. And on the weekends, I use a commercial grade preparation, um, BJ's Raw. And it has all the bones in it. Mm-hmm. And they start with that at two and a half weeks haven't had issues. I mean, we had a lot of issues out here with Porvo this year again, and Kettle Cough, and these puppies a good time. So, you know, these strains are all mutating. Right. Vaccines are great. It's just like it's great for COVID, but that's not gonna save you. Sorry, it's not gonna save you. I worked in the healthcare. I can tell you <laughs> we saw it and right over again these these single cell organisms are smarter than we are yeah and i you know the problem with the commercial based foods is uh, any food that you get is made in a company that's allowed just like baby food right it's allowed to have so much feces and it's allowed to have so many roaches in it and bugs It's, it's all allowed by the fda then you can also have cross contaminants right. and as long as it's under a specific percentage it's okay i we're seeing changes in children where they're getting their period at eight and nine years of age because of all the hormones we're putting in our foods yeah and that's pretty regulated I think what's going to happen to our dogs where it's less regulated and how many dogs have we seen with having lower numbers of puppies when they, they will, right? All of a sudden they went from having 10 puppies at a time to just three. I mean, I directly think that's related to food. You know, the less hormones, the more natural we can do for dogs and ourselves, the better we'll be. We're inundated all the time. and I don't think people realize how much crap we put into our systems.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: That's the nursing in me, sorry. I'll back up. <laughs> um, a Jack Russell. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So a Jack Russell to me has absolutely no ties to, it's human. It's a real Terrier. Yeah. So you have to worry about it scrapping with other dogs, always going to ground mm-hmm. and just not listening. But they're fast, they're agile. So for me, before i die i would like to get a jack russell terrier and just see if i'm capable of trading that dog for titling
1: yeah i've, I've yeah. seen i've seen some ones that are pretty pretty amazing like a fly ball and stuff like that
0: oh god yes yeah. it just you know i've always started, kind of stuck with the herding breeds but yeah that's that would be the one i would go to next
1: Hey, this is uh, Sean from the Bulldog Social Club podcast. I have a quick favor for you. If you live in the Kansas City, Missouri area and are looking to buy or sell a house, uh, please contact my wife. Uh, she's a hardworking real estate agent uh, looking for looking for some business. And she'll make sure that you uh, you meet all your needs. Uh, if you're actually looking to move to the Kansas City, Missouri area, again, contact my wife and she'll work extra hard for you. And she'll get you into that uh that house that you're looking for in the good area and uh, you'll be doing me a favor by uh, getting her some business thank you very much bye <laughs>